0: Morning. Good, morning. Good morning. I'm going to start off here. Uh, read a passage that uh, I had, had been thinking about in the last few days. And it goes like this. Now, this is out of Matthew chapter 25. Okay? And this goes for everyone, book and kids. We'll get you down there, there shortly, mm-hmm. I didn't forget about you, so. inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you you welcomed me in. I I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison. And you came to me. Then the righteous sheep, they will answer him saying, Lord, when, uh, when did we see you hungry and, and feed you? Or thirsty and give you drink? And, and when did we see you as a stranger and welcome you in? Or naked and, and clothed you? And, and when did we see you sick or in prison? And visit you. And the king will answer them. Truly I say to you. As you did it to one of the least of these. My brothers. You did it to me. As you did it to the least of these. You did it unto me. I think about the uh, the night to shine. The other night. And that verse just it kind of rattles around in my mind. And when you do something to the least of these, you've done it unto me. The Night to Shine was an event. Uh, It was a prom for special needs uh, children and adults and others. It was a night for them to shine, to come in and to to feel valued and to feel uh, important. And there were many people who were involved with that who went and uh, became part of the uh, of the whole crew and did a good job of that. We had a contingent of youth from our church. and Jim put these up here. And these are our kids. And gang, I want to encourage you ladies, all of you, you had a good night the other night and had some fun and were able to help some people uh, enjoy a night that they normally wouldn't have Had. But I want you to understand, girls, that when you, what you did, you did to the least of these. You did it to the least of those within our society, sometimes who are shut out, who are forgotten about, made fun of. But when you did it to the least of these, when you served those people the other night, you were serving Christ Himself. And I didn't want this moment to pass without. You know, showing off our, our young ladies and what an amazing group they are. What a beautiful group of <laughs> Beautiful inside and out. Uh, and they do so much around here that oftentimes we're not aware of. They, they help teach classes. They fill in and, and, and sometimes at the last minute they do different things. Uh, Jesse, I think it was Grace, spent seven hours... Seven hours up here on a Saturday, yesterday, putting together the the chocolate bouquets and the different things out there that we, you know, you get it, you take it, you eat it, you might not think too much about it, but they worked at that and spent a lot of time putting that together uh, just as a way to to find a way to minister to the people of, of North Hills. And so, girls, we want you to know as a church, we love you. We thank you for everything that you do every day. You make us very proud. And, uh, you know, it's just a a beautiful thing. When you do it to the least of these, you do it unto Christ. So thank you so much. Junior Church. You guys are dismissed. And youth. All the kids, get out of here. Okay. All right. There you go. And get some young men, get a group of young men like that. Uh, I don't know what was in the water, you know, 15, 16, 17 years ago, but all girls, I guess. But. And Cameron? <laughs> oh, and Cameron, yeah. He's not here today. Did he go last? Was he? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then Cameron. Sometimes it's like, you know, if I was in church and, and, uh, and I was Cameron. I'd be dying to get to the we go. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, he, he observes. And, uh, and he's a good boy. <laughs> okay. Um, well, today, <laughs> it's one of these weird... Uh, messages I want to give, and I have to full disclosure here, this is a message I have totally stole. I stole it from somebody else, because it's a topic that I am not uh, very, uh, we talked about hypocrisy today at Sunday school, and for me to start talking about, if we go on here, tithing as a spiritual discipline, uh, you know, I, I, I got to be careful there, as my friend says, you're no good with your money. Well, yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh, I'm not. I'm pretty disciplined in many of the other areas of Christian life, but the tithing is not one that I've been very faithful in. It's one that Neola and I have have done a, a good job recently, you know, in the last year or so of correcting, but, you know, it's something, and, and she had always tithed, and made sure that the kids tithe a little bit. But for myself, it's something I just never thought about too much. Until I, I read some, uh, uh, out of the book of Malachi is where we're going to be today. Malachi is in the Old Testament. Actually, it's the last book of the Old Testament. And if you're a visitor here today, um, I'm still, a lot of people <laughs> will show up and I go, oh, hello, nice to meet you. And they're like, hello, hello. I've been here for three years. <laughs> and I'm like, Sorry about that. Um, but, uh, you know, there's nothing like being a visitor, a first time visitor, and you walk in and the preacher goes, We're going to talk about giving today and tithing. And, and, oh boy, here we go. Another one of those churches. And uh, growing up, I, I've seen a lot of different ways that. You know, and, and different services—the way people tithe and, and give an offering—and you know, from the Methodist Church where they all sing the crazy the and they all you know, they all kind of do their thing. And I—I uh, I remember uh, some Pentecostal services when I was young. You know, giving money was a, was a time to whoop and holler and jump around and little green rockets shooting out the pockets. Uh, you know, Bring out them dollar bills. Uh, and uh, here we go. you got money flying all over the sanctuary. One of the things that I really love about our church is that we encourage visitors and I don't think we forgot about today but we almost always encourage people well, if you're a visitor we don't want your money. We don't want you to feel like you know, oh look, there's a new one. Let's reel them in. We got bills to pay. All right. Uh, one of the things that I am most proud of that i as I've gotten into ministry is the, the understanding that so much of what is given to this church, we turn around and give it away to people in need. And that just that just pleases me to no end that we are so willing to help you know people with with a bill here or. You know, sack of groceries there or whatever. And it's unfortunate that in this world, to meet physical needs, it requires money. That's just the human system that we have, the way that it's set up. Um, I wish we could just go to the supermarket and pick up some food and take it someplace, but you got to pay for that stuff. And I love the fact that so many people support the ministries of the church to be able to do that. But we've talked about various disciplines that are necessary to move us forward in the Christian life, and so what I found was a, uh, you know, a message. I've often talked to other pastors, uh, those of you who are new to our church, our former pastor was outstanding with, with stuff about money and tithing, and I and, and, uh, always tease him, he'd, be, he'd have been a money manager of a big old fund if he wasn't a, a pastor, I'm sure of it he understood all that and did a real good job of encouraging people to give without making you feel real guilty. So I'm going to attempt to, to do some of that today. But before we begin, understand, you know, what does the word tithe really mean? When I was a kid, I was like, we'll give our tithes and offerings. What's the difference between a tithe and an offering? Well, a tithe literally means the, the the, the old English word for tithe means tenth a tenth of something and uh, <laughs> Jimmy and I were laughing about it the other day he was like oh I heard you, you're going to speak about tithing I don't think I'm coming to church next week yeah. and and what's a well, you're supposed to give a tenth is that like a tenth of your, your gross pay or is that your adjusted pay is that before or after taxes oh, I can't figure it out you know, here you go and, uh, you know, I've, I've been there. But the act of, uh, you know, giving, in this case, a tenth of something, that, that's a tithe. And in the Old Testament, there were various uh, purposes for tithes. There were, um, oh, go back. Oh, oh, you're right, you're right. In the Old Testament, the tithe served a threefold purpose. And God had you know, asked him, you, you got to bring your offering The tithe. The tithe was for sacrificial purposes and an act of worship. The tithe was a... Uh, it, it fulfilled the domestic needs of the Levites. The Levites were the, the order who took care of the, the, uh, the tent of meeting, uh, the altar. They were the religious leaders who sort of ran church, you would call it. Okay? So they, they, they were the workers who were involved with that. They were involved with the worship. And then another tithe was given at a certain time of the year for basically emergencies. You know, something comes up, the nation needs money for this, that, you know. But... You know, in the Old Testament, the idea of giving a, a tenth, you know, that is something that, you know, that is in the Bible. God has talked about that. And uh, here in Malachi chapter 3, I want to take a look at uh, this idea of what a tithe is and what's going on. I think we as a church, we also use our tithes, the tithes that come in a tent, you see it as tenth of income uh, given to the church for really these same three reasons. I mean the idea that uh, we support the, the, the ministries of the local church, like the, the ancient Hebrews, you know, they had uh, oh, sacrificial purposes, things that the church had to do to minister to the people to look after their needs, their spiritual needs, that money went to that. So much of our tithe as we give goes to those types of things, of the basic ministries of the church. They supported the needs of the Levites. Those are the people who ran the thing. A significant part of your tithe and your offering, this church, goes to paying the salary of the pastor. Now I get a, a, a little stipend, but I, I'm not drawing a, a salary or anything like that. But we do know we're have to, uh, a new pastor will be here, hopefully within the next year. Or uh, but you know, and we're able to store up some of that so that we'll be able to pay him, so that he can have a, a professional life and be able to stay here and raise a family. And we also put money aside. For, for emergencies, for, for bills, for things that got to get get done. So if you're if you're a visitor, understand we don't hoard the money, we don't uh, live large on it. There aren't a select few who take the money and run off with it. We pay the bills, we keep the lights on, we pay the mortgage, and then a lot of it we give it away to minister to people in the name of Jesus, so that they can live. Uh, and draw closer to him in a a real relationship. Malachi chapter 3, we'll start with verse uh, verse 6. Normally they don't start this uh, soon. Usually they'll start at verse 10 whenever you you read from Malachi. But I want to start a little bit earlier, verse 6. For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. From the days of your fathers, you have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, how shall we return? Will man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. (coughs) But you say, how have we robbed you? God responds, in your tithes, in your contributions. You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. What is this idea of robbing? You? I mean, if you, uh, the, the act of claiming ownership over someone else's property, that's called robbing. Okay, if I take your wallet and say, oh, well, this is my wallet now, and see all this money in here? Oh, that's my money. If you have robbed somebody. You're claiming ownership of something that's that's not yours. So here's God telling the people of the nation of Israel here, <coughs> you've robbed me. You've been robbing me over and over again. As, uh, as we used to say as kids, you've ripped me off. I would be confused too. What do you mean we've robbed you? How have we, we ripped you off, God? Well, well, and over and over again throughout the whole story of the Old Testament. This whole big thing. I mean, it is, it's God's blessings on the nation of Israel as He loves them, He challenges them, He puts up with them, He chastises or punishes them, He forgives them. Over and over again in the, the, the course of the life of the people of Israel, it, it, it's, a, it's a cyclical thing that There'll be times of, of love and worship and devotion to God and things will get good. Blessings will occur. And then they get a little bit lazy and before you know it, they've totally moved on. Forgot about God. Things start to get bad. They don't know what to do. They start messing up even worse. And then eventually they get so bad they got to call, call out to God again. Oh Lord, save us. Help me. Help me. God, as faithful God, He He does so. He helps them. The point God is making here is look, over and over and over again, I throw out my blessings to you. Over and over again, I've been here for you, I've helped you, I've bailed you out so many times. And what do I get in return? Unfaithfulness, disobedience. You're ripping me off. You're taking advantage of my goodness, of my grace, of my mercy. Verse 10, God challenges the, the nation. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need, Entirely, I think there's a spiritual law that you know it kind of works like gravity. I mean, it when you uh, when you, you deal with God, when you obey God, when you're walking with the Lord, as, as we often say, God pours out His blessings. I don't have to ask God or pray for blessings. He, he wants to give me those things. And here in Malachi, God's challenging the people. He's challenging them. Look, I dare you to ask me to bless you. You won't ask me. You, you run right off and then start doing your own thing, but you, you won't ask me. I dare you. I double dog dare you. Uh, ask me. Bring me the full tithe and put me to the test. I'm going to open up the windows of heaven. I'm going to pour down the blessings until there's no more need. He goes on, I will rebuke the destroyers so that will not destroy the fruits of your soil and your vine in the field shall not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts, that all nations will call you blessed for you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. Now, In a practical sense, God is talking to the people of Israel. He's not talking to John Paulus directly. I can infer from the passage that this would apply to me as well as to Christians, but he's he's challenging the nation of Israel. I want to make you a great nation. But as long as you disobey, as long as you keep robbing me, you're not going to be blessed. You can't possibly expect me to bless you. But I'm challenging you now. If you turn back to me, I will pour out the blessings upon you. These heavenly blessings require us to turn our attention back to God. And tithing is something that that demonstrated their willingness to get their hearts right with with God. I found that in in my own life, when my heart wasn't right with God, of God. I didn't want to tithe. I wasn't even on the radar. I didn't even thought about it. But I found that, you know, as I've as I've uh, turned my attention back to God, He's blessed me in many ways. And then naturally, I mean I want to give back to God. I want to tithe. I want to do my part to demonstrate as a spiritual discipline. My uh, willingness to give a little bit of that back to God so that I can trust Him then for His blessings. Now, we are not a prosperity gospel preaching church. I know some churches do that. I mean, you deserve your millions. You just got to ask God. If you're not rich, well, you haven't asked Him yet. If you haven't challenged Him, I don't buy into that. I just don't. What what God is talking about here are blessings, spiritual blessings. Now oftentimes that does manifest itself through physical things. I don't think it's a sin to be rich. There are many very wealthy men and women who are very godly men and women. The measure of, of a person's worth isn't by their checkbook. But God will bless all of us. My grandmother, I always pick on her. Poorest woman I ever knew. Poor. And uh, used to when I was a little kid, we'd go down there and we didn't didn't even have indoor plumbing. This would be in the early 70s. And uh, I can remember many nights standing at the back door, looking out at the outhouse, way across the lot I got out to make the mad dash, you uh, know. I'm waiting for Wolfman or somebody to jump out and get me, and I run out there. And it'd... the point is, they didn't have a lot. People would try to help them. My grandmother, we'd leave sacks of groceries or stuff. She'd give it away to other people because they needed it. It's just the way she was. But she was blessed again and again and again by God and in so many ways. And she would have considered herself to be very rich in the Lord. And that's what I hoped to be myself, you know, to struggle and to, to work towards that. <coughs> Let's move ahead here. We're getting off on a wild crowd here. Yes, tithing triggered supernatural provision and protection over my earnings. Now be careful here. I'm not saying that if I make sure I tithe my 10%, God's going to put a lock on my checkbook. He's going to, he's going to make sure, you know, like if, if I go out and waste more money, he's going, to, he's going to find a way to get that cash back in there and help me out. I still have to be faithful with the things that He has given to me. But the principle is here. I mean, to the nation of Israel, I think it's to us as well. If you, if you give your tithe, in other words, you exercise a spiritual discipline, a willingness to get right with God, He will bless you. He wants to bless you, He's daring you. I dare you. And failing to tithe, the opposite, I think, becomes true. I don't think God wants to protect anything that's not his. Now, in a large sense, God owns owns everything. Everything's God's. But if we're robbing God, like the nation of Israel, we rob him by denying his blessings, by wanting to go on our own, do our own thing, and not trusting in him, Where we rob him, how would he bless that? I do know this though, that when we turn to Christ, when we turn to Jesus, spiritual blessings flow. And the key to security, not just financial security, but any kind of security is is an acknowledgement of that. God wants to put a lock on our spiritual lives and protect that. If we treat something as ours and and not God's, and why should he bless it? Let's pick up in verse 13. Your words have been hard against me, says the Lord, but you say, how have we spoken against you? You have said it's vain to serve God. What's the profit of our keeping his charge or of walking as as in mourning before the Lord of hosts, and now we call the arrogant blasphemy? Evil doers not only prosper, but they put God to the test and they escape. We all know people who, uh, who hate God that seem to prosper. What's going on with that? How can that be true? God would say, what does it matter? They're, they're working with stolen goods. Everything is hot. <laughs> they've ripped me off. Oh, they're prospering all right in the world. But it's not a blessing for me. Let's look at the right way. But so let's move on here. Um, first of all, tithing literally means to give God ten percent. Whether you treat that as your gross income, your uh, your adjusted income, whatever, and even the amount, I don't want to get hung up on amounts and stuff. But tithing is an act of obedience to God, and it's such it's something to be treated with with respect. I think, to be honest, the most practical way that I can think of, and and I remember several sermons that Seth had, had taught to us about setting apart that 10% before I do anything else with the money that you receive. So I got 10%. I, that's, that's God's. I don't care if the car breaks down. I don't care if a medical bill comes due. That 10% is, is already... it's going to to God that's a respect that's telling God God I'm not going to steal from you I'm not going to you know, take the blessings that you've given to me and thank you Lord for the ability to, to earn a wage but I have to remember to set that aside I can't use the tithe in time of need and, and then pay for it later I'll own it God, you're loaning me this money this week and I'll get you up double next week. It usually doesn't work out that way. Um, I tried that. I tried that down there with a pop machine. People people were kind enough to buy a Pepsi down there and they put it in the, the, the little freezer down there. It's like 50 cents, I think, a can. Isn't that right, Ken? 50 yeah. cents? Well, every time I go down there, 50 cents. Oh, man, I don't have 50 cents <laughs> I'll I'll get one here. I'll pay him a dollar next week. Oh, forgot about that. I stole him. A, i still a dollar Ken, You know, probably. I'll send you a bill. Send me, a, see see the thing. You know, you see the, the principle there. I mean, that money should have should have paid for it. Should was set aside. It should have gone to him. And no, no, uh, I'm playing funny with it. And what's if you wanted to be downright serious about it? What did I do with that pot? I stole it. Your pastor's the thief, a he's a pop thief. You're stealing all the pop. But I was going to pay him next week. We do the same thing with God all the time. God mentions, uh, if we go ahead, bring in the whole tithe. Not part of it. Not some of it. Bring in the whole tithe. Tithe literally means a ten percent. Anything less than ten percent, that's a tip. The way some people tip people, you know, I don't, you know, bring you hundred dollars of food, you throw a couple bucks on the table and walk out. I mean, yikes. I mean, hopefully, you, you know, but sometimes we do the same thing with God. If, um, if you're tithing from crops, the, the lesson was in, in the Bible, offer the best. To God, anything else—not what's left over, not what's left behind. If we got a whole field of corn gone here, and we want to give the best ten percent to God, we don't harvest it and then pick up, you know, whatever's left. Here, throw all that thing. We'll give that to God. You know, what's left over. But yet we do that all the time. And in a bigger sense, I should give God the best ten percent of my time. Of my money, of my service. And yet, so many times, I'm robbing God. I'm giving Him the worst. I wait until I'm totally exhausted at the end of the day. When I'm halfway falling, I say, Oh, yeah. I got people I want to pray for. the Lord, pray for Mark, Hagathorn, and get better. <laughs> Sorry, Mark. I tried to pray for you. It Too it long, I guess. Sacked out. So set it apart. Give him the best. Anything else is a it's a ripoff. We're not talking about God. Doesn't value the amount. He gave a hundred dollars. and He gave him ten bucks. God's not going to bless one more than the other. He may bless the one who gave the $10 more than the other one. One of my favorite stories of the Bible is in Mark. Let's turn there Mark chapter 12. As a little kid, I always remember the stories. I could never remember Scripture very well, but I always remember the stories. I think that's why Jesus so much of his life is about stories. I mean, Think of my life. If, if, or lives of some of my friends that, I mean, I haven't done anything. You know, John, and John's sitting around talking with his friends at lunch, and they said, no, that's boring. Jesus traveled around. He saw people. He did different things. He traveled. Mark chapter 12, he used the stories to illustrate things. Mark chapter 12, verse 41 He sits down, and he sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people putting money into the offering box. Many rich people put in large sums. I kind of peeked around sometimes during our offering, to see what everybody does. and Everybody does a good job. I don't see anybody looking around too often. Wow, that was a big envelope he put in there. We better get with it. Throw in the next room. I don't see a lot of that going on. But it is true, many rich people were putting in large sums, and these people were putting in large sums so that people would notice them. Almost as if, well, here comes the play. Yeah, I think I I better bless the church today, plop, and throw a hundred in there or whatever. If we made a big scene like that to be noticed, yeah, there might be people who would say, wow, that's really awesome. Verse 42, and a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins which makes a penny. Or in the Old Testament I think it might be the word might or something. <laughs> it always—you know, The widow's might <laughs> when I was little. I, I always thought about bug or something. I can't figure out a widow or a bug. Really We're talking about a penny. That's it. That's all she had. And he called his disciples to him and he said, Truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box. For they all contributed out of their abundance. But she out of her poverty has put in everything she had. All she had to live on. I can't imagine emptying all our bank accounts and all our... You know, we're just going to put it all in the church. (laughs) We're broke. Destitute. That's what this woman did. That's what this widow did. As a widow, she probably didn't have any means of support unless the church was helping her or somebody in the community was helping her. This was an act of faith on her part. What a story! The rich walking by, throwing their money down, have all the money here, and this poor woman comes by with a penny, and Jesus sees that she has given out of her poverty, not her comfort, not what made her feel good, but out of her her poverty. Blessed are the poor. The idea here, I think, is tithing with the right attitude. And I think the attitude in which we give matters as much as the act itself. There are some times, uh, let's move ahead here, um, you know, attitudes that aren't very good. Giving out of our abundance rather than giving that best 10% to God. Giving when it's convenient Rather than doing it consistently, systematically. Now, the great thing about our God is our God is a God of love and forgiveness, a God of mercy. We we emphasize that when we talked about prayer. God isn't always into answering our prayers exactly the way we want, but He is into offering grace and truth and mercy, and He gives that in abundance. So if you've neglected to pay tithes in the past, forget what you owe God. He's not keeping a, a ledger book. Let's see, John's been here almost 30 years. Ooh, ooh boy. <laughs> That's a big, you owe me, buddy. That's a lot. Well, God isn't that way. You can't repay God anyways. The attitude is important. When I tithe God, He will meet my needs. And God's not obliged to do that, he, but, but it's something He wants to do. He wants to bless us in our lives, not just spiritually. Jesus came to give us life and to give it abundantly. not God's will for us, I don't believe, that we struggle through life, that every part of life has to be a struggle, it has to be this, it has to... Jesus came to give us life, and to have it abundantly tithing is simply a way that we give back to God in devotion, it's a discipline we have to discipline ourselves if we want to progress in the Christian faith if we want to be a church that values God, that God will use we have to remember to be disciplined in our prayer life, in our, our, uh, the, 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 the reading of the Bible, of tithing, just the basic fundamentals that I like to talk about over and over again. These are important things. And God yes. is challenging us. If you, at North Hills, would just get right, give me the whole tithe, not part of it, Give me your devotion, give me your attention. give me the things that are required and I will bless you. Most churches would have fallen apart when had, when the lead pastor, a man who had been here 20 years, moves on, a lot of churches would have folded, but it didn't. And it's not because of something I did, or Larry, or it's because this church consistently, I believe, wants to give God the whole tithe. In other words, Lord, let us give you our best. Sure, we give you money, but we also want to give you our time, and our devotion, and our prayer life, our ministry. Our kids want to go help special needs kids, sit up all weekend making chocolate to. Why? To get to raise money for ministry. Those are the things that God will bless. So I think as we move along, we need to acknowledge that, that God is blessing us as we move. And as long as we don't start robbing Him, He will continue to bless us. And again, it's all because of Him, not because of anything any of us have done in any way God is faithful I think that's the last slide I don't think I oh we done passed her yeah so well we're going to go ahead and stop with that but the blessings mentioned in the bible are not just financial there's a lot more to life of course than money and I know some folks they don't have any money But they still give. They give of their time. They give of their their, uh, talents. The things that God has blessed them with. They offer that to God. But it's the attitude that's important. Don't withhold from God. Give Him the full tithe. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank You for this day. I thank you for so many people here who give so freely, so willingly to, uh, to trust you and to, to tithe, to offer the full tithe, the whole tithe. And not just the money, but their prayers, their, their determination, their love for each other. Those are the things that are worthy of being blessed. Father, forgive us when we rob you When we take your blessings and assume that we're always going to have them, help us to remember, Lord, that we have to do our part. Help us in our unbelief. Forgive us of our sins. And help us, Lord, to give of our money and our time and our devotion as we learn to love you more every day. In Jesus' name (laughs) him <laughs> he